Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anne of Avonlea by L. M. Montgomery Chapter 8 Marilla Adopts Twins Mrs. Rachel Lynde was sitting at her kitchen window, knitting a quilt, just as she had been sitting one evening several years ago previously, when Matthew Cuthbert had driven down over the hill with what Mrs. Rachel called his imported orphan. But that had been in springtime, and this was late autumn, and all the woods were leafless and the fields sere and brown. The sun was just setting with a great deal of purple and golden pomp behind the dark woods west of Avonlea, when a buggy drawn by a comfortable brown nag came down the hill. Mrs. Rachel peered at it eagerly. "'There's Marilla, getting home from the funeral,' she said to her husband, who was lying on the kitchen lounge. Thomas Lynde lay more on the lounge nowadays than he had been used to do, but Mrs. Rachel, who was so sharp at noticing anything beyond her own household, had not as yet noticed this. "'And she's got the twins with her. Yes, there's Davy leaning over the dashboard, grabbing at the pony's tail, and Marilla jerking him back.' Dora's sitting up on the seat as prim as you please. She always looks as if she's just been starched and ironed. Well, poor Marilla is going to have her hands full this winter, and no mistake. Still, I don't see that she could do anything less than take them, under the circumstances, and she'll have Anne to help her. Anne's tickled to death over the whole business, and she has a real knacky way with children, I must say. Dear me. It doesn't seem a day since poor Matthew brought Anne herself home, and everybody laughed at the idea of Marilla bringing up a child. And now she has adopted twins. You're never safe from being surprised till you're dead. The fat pony jogged over the bridge in Lynn's Hollow and along the Green Gables Lane. Marilla's face was rather grim. It was ten miles from East Grafton, and Davy Keith seemed to be possessed with a passion for perpetual motion. It was beyond Marilla's power to make him sit still, and she had been in an agony the whole way lest he fall over the back of the wagon and break his neck, or tumble over the dashboard under the pony's heels. In despair, she finally threatened to whip him soundly when she got him home, whereupon Davy climbed into her lap, regardless of the reins, 
flung his chubby arms about her neck and gave her a bear-like hug. "'I don't believe you mean it,' he said, smacking her wrinkled cheek affectionately. "'You don't look like a lady who'd whip a little boy just because he couldn't keep still. "'Didn't you find it awful hard to keep still when you were only as old as me?' "'No, I always kept still when I was told,' said Marilla, trying to speak sternly. "'Albeit she felt her heart waxing soft within her under Davy's impulsive caresses. "'Well, I suppose that was cause you was a girl,' said Davy, "'squirming back to his place after another hug. "'You was a girl once, I suppose, though it's awful funny to think of it. "'Dora can sit still. "'But there ain't much fun in it, I don't think. "'Seems to me it must be a bit slow to be a girl. "'Here, Dora, let me liven you up a bit.' Davy's method of livening up was to grasp Dora's curls in his fingers and give them a tug. Dora shrieked and then cried. "'How can you be such a naughty boy, and your poor mother just laid in her grave this very day?' demanded Marilla despairingly. "'But she was glad to die,' said Davy, confidentially. "'I know, cause she told me so. She was awful tired of being sick.' We had a long talk the night before she died. She told me you was going to take me and Dora for the winter, and I was to be a good boy. I'm going to be good, but can't you be good running around just as well as sitting still? And she said, I was always to be kind to Dora and stand up for her, and I'm going to. Do you call pulling her hair being kind to her? Well, I ain't going to let anybody else pull it, said Davy doubling up his fists and frowning. They just better try it. I didn't hurt her much. She just cried because she's a girl. I'm glad I'm a boy, but I'm sorry I'm a twin. When Jimmy Sprott's sister counterlicks him, he just says, I'm older than you, so of course I know better, and that just settles her. But I can't tell Dora that, and she goes on thinking different from me. You might let me drive the Gigi for a spell, since I'm a man." Altogether, Marilla was a thankful woman when she drove into her own yard, where the wind of the autumn night was dancing with the brown leaves. Anne was at the gate to meet them and lift the twins out. Dora submitted calmly to be kissed, but Davy responded to Anne's welcome with one of his hearty hugs and the cheerful announcement, I'm Mr. Davy Keith. At the supper table, Dora behaved like a little lady, but Davy's manners left much to be desired. "'I'm so hungry I ain't time to eat politely,' he said when Marilla reproved him. "'Dora ain't half as hungry as I am. Look at all the excise I took on the road there. That cake's awfully nice and plummy. We haven't had any cake at home for ever so long, cause Mother was too sick to make it, and Mrs. Sprout said it was as much as she could do to bake our bread for us.' and Mrs. Wiggins never puts any plums in her cakes. Catch her. Can I have another piece? Marilla would have refused, but Anne cut a generous second slice. However, she reminded Davy that he ought to say thank you for it. Davy merely grinned at her and took a huge bite. When he had finished the slice, he said, If you'll give me another piece, I'll say thank you for it. No, you have had plenty of cake, said Marilla, in a tone which Anne knew, and Davy was to learn to be final. 
Davy winked at Anne, and then, leaning over the table, snatched Dora's first piece of cake, from which she had just taken one dainty little bite, out of her very fingers, and, opening his mouth to the fullest extent, crammed the whole slice in. Dora's lip trembled, and Marilla was speechless with horror. Anne promptly exclaimed with her best schoolma'am air, "'Oh, Davy, gentlemen don't do things like that.' "'I know they don't,' said Davy, as soon as he could speak. "'But I ain't a gentleman.' "'But don't you want to be?' said shocked Anne. "'Of course I do. But you can't be a gentleman till you grow up.' "'Oh, yes, you can,' Anne hastened to say, thinking she saw a chance to sow good seed betimes. You can begin to be a gentleman when you are a little boy, and gentlemen never snatch things from ladies, or forget to say thank you, or pull anybody's hair. They don't have much fun, that's a fact, said Davy frankly. I guess I'll wait till I'm a grown-up to be one. Marilla, with a resigned air, had cut another piece of cake for Dora. She did not feel able to cope with Davy just then. It had been a hard day for her, what with the funeral and the long drive. At that moment she looked forward to the future with a pessimism that would have done credit to Eliza Andrews herself. The twins were not noticeably alike, although both were fair. Dora had long, sleek curls that never got out of order. Davy had a crop of fuzzy little yellow ringlets all over his round head. Dora's hazel eyes were gentle and mild. Davy's were as roguish and dancing as an elf's. Dora's nose was straight. Davy's was a positive snub. Dora had a prunes and prisms mouth. Davy's was all smiles, and besides he had a dimple in one cheek and none in the other, which gave him a dear comical lopsided look when he laughed. Mirth and mischief lurked in every corner of his little face. They'd better go to bed, said Marilla, who thought it was the easiest way of, to dispose of them. Dora will sleep with me, and you can put Davy in the west gable. You're not afraid to sleep alone, are you, Davy? No, but I ain't going to bed for ever so long yet, said Davy comfortably. Oh, yes, you are. That was all the much-tried Marilla said, but something in her tone squelched even Davy. He trotted obediently upstairs with Anne. When I'm growing up, the very first thing I'm going to do is stay up all night just to see what it would be like, he told her confidentially. In after years, Marilla never thought of that first week of the twins' sojourn at Green Gables without a shiver. Not that it was really so much worse than the weeks that followed it, but it seemed so by the reason of its novelty. There was seldom a waking minute of any day when Davy was not in mischief or devising it. But his first notable exploit occurred two 